Alright, look at 1 Corinthians 10 verse 32. So we're going to get the text tonight. It says, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. The title tonight is, is Give None Offense. Alright, so what does, what is this verse telling us here? I, I want to preach on this tonight because I think there's some great lessons that we can learn from this chapter and from this specific command. He's telling us, you know, give none offense to the Jews, the Gentiles, nor the church of God. And before I get into what exactly he's talking about there, I want to just kind of quickly use this message to, to debunk how this verse is normally preached. This verse is a proof verse for dispensationalism. And I'm telling you right now, I, I hate when pastors do this. I hate when pastors, you know, they, you know, they're so anxious to get their point across that they just find the biggest extreme in the world they can, you know, and make that comparison. But I'm being honest with you here. For you to take this verse and to use it as a proof text for dispensationalism, they use this proof. There's the Jews, the Gentiles, the Church of God. When you're studying your Bible, you got to find out what part is it written to the Jew, the Gentile, the Church of God. Because depending on who it's written to, you know, it depends on whether or not it applies to you and whether or not we should, you know, even pay attention to it. And that is beyond foolish. Alright, I mean, even if, you know, let's just say dispensationalism is credible. Let's just say that dispensationalism is true. To use this verse to prove it is foolish beyond description. I can't think of any words to explain how foolish that is. And you know, my wife and I were talking about Twitter again the other day, and I said, you know, I can't be on Twitter if I, I, I can't win an argument on Twitter. Because of the fact, you know, Baptist preachers, they love Twitter, they use Twitter a lot, and... You know, they, they, it's like their doctrine, their theology, you know, they can't focus on any more than you can fit in one tweet. And they will take this verse all the time and they'll tweet it and it's like mic drop moment for them. They just prove dispensationalism of that verse. But the problem is, how do I respond to that tweet? Because you gotta use the whole chapter to see what it really means. And these people aren't capable of look, processing an entire chapter at one time. They can only handle one verse at a time. And you know, no scriptures of any private interpretation. You don't just get to take one verse and build a doctrine around it. You have to look at the context of it. And I'm telling you, I mean, it just, I, I'm embarrassed because I love many of the people who will use this verse as proof. I've been embarrassed before when I've listened to preachers that I know and I care about and I grew up respecting get up and preach a message on dispensationalism and he took this one verse and he read this one verse for his text and then he just went on a rant about how you're nuts if you don't listen to dispensationalism and you don't use dispensationalism when teaching your Bible. And I'm just, are you serious? I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for them that they would take that verse and use it that way. So how do we use it? What is the proper way to look at it? Well, once again, you have to look at context. We're not going to go back and read the whole chapter again. But, you know, what, let's, let's start reading, though, in verse 22, all right? Uh, or not verse, uh, verse 23. He says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Okay, what does that mean when it says all things are lawful for me? Does that mean I can just do whatever I want? Well, obviously not, because in verses 1 through 22, it proves we can't just do whatever we want. All right, it, it proves right there. I mean, he specifically said 
Learn from the children of Israel. Those things in the Old Testament, they were written for your admonition, and you better learn from them. And so he specifically said, you know, learn from them about why you should don't you should not commit idolatry. Do not commit idolatry like they did. Do not commit fornication. Do not murmur. Do not tempt the Lord. He specifically told them in the verses 1 through 22, he's telling them, don't do these things. So he's saying, don't do all these things, but then he says all things are lawful. So, obviously that doesn't mean we can just do whatever we want, does it? He's obviously talking about something very specific. When he's saying all things are lawful, he's not saying I can just obey the law, you know, laws don't apply to me. I can break the speed limit or, you know, whatever laws they had in those days. Because all things are lawful to me. Try that with a police officer sometime when he pulls you over. All things are lawful to me, officer. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to laugh at you. That's not what Paul was saying there when he's saying all things are lawful. He's not saying I can, I, all those laws in the Old Testament, I don't have to follow those things anymore. All things are lawful to me because I'm under grace. That is not what he was saying right there. He was talking about something very specific and he was talking specifically, we're going to see, about what he eats. He's, he's, talking about, he's talking about food here and we'll get more of that in a little bit, but verses 1 through 22 it also proves we don't get to fellowship with whoever you want. He's telling them specifically, you know, don't fellowship with some people. You know, you cannot drink, you know, the cup of uh, the Lord. And what was that verse? But he talks about and the cup of devils or something. I can't remember exactly. But he talks about, you know, you can't have fellowship with certain things. Or verse 21, yeah, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the tables of devils. You don't get to do, you're not supposed to do both. You're a believer. You fellowship with believers. You don't have that, you know, we don't, we're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So we see specific commands here, things that we're supposed to follow. But then he goes on and he says, all things are lawful. So he clearly is not telling us we can fellowship with whoever we want. We see in these, in this chapter that we are a special people that belong to the Lord. We're His. We've been bought with a price. We ought to glorify God. In our bodies, it's all it's taught in the Bible. And so what does it mean what what it means is that I don't need to be bound to the laws of other cultures and other religions. That's that's exactly what he's talking about right there. He's specifically talking about I don't have to be bound to the laws of other cultures and other religions. Okay, if if we're not careful, we can allow people to bring us into bondage by you know, saying, you know, adding laws to things that just that aren't biblical, or using traditions. You know, teaching for uh, doctrines, the traditions of men. We shouldn't. We we don't want to fall for that stuff, and we gotta be we gotta be careful about those things. But that's what he's specifically talking about when he says all things are lawful to me. Okay, I don't have to. You know, I'm not worried about wearing a hat. Okay, you know, you got the Amish that always wear hats, or the Jews that always wear hats, or Muslims. You got a lot of different religions, like men ought to always wear a hat. Okay, um, I don't have to do that. You know, all things lawful. I don't need to worry about if I eat bacon or if my meat is kosher and things like that. I'm not. I'm not worried about those things. It's not. It's not even a thought. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. All things are lawful. I'm not. I don't need to. I'm not bound by the laws of other religions. If I, some other religion pops up here in town 
And oh, well, say take Mormons for example. All right, Mormons are down on caffeine. All right, that's one of their biggest false doctrines that they teach. No, I'm just I'm just kidding on that. But you know, they're all down on caffeine. You know, you can't drink caffeine. Well, you know what? I drank a lot of caffeine today. And you know what? I didn't get convicted one time. You know, the Holy Spirit didn't speak to my heart about that. And uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that, especially in a religious sense. Right? If you want to talk about it in a health sense, that's another subject. And I don't want to talk to you about that. But in a, in a religious sense, I'm not worried about that. All things are lawful. But not all things are expedient. Okay, so what does that mean? What does all things are not expedient mean? I mean, well, verse 33, I think, gives us the answer to that. Because look at how, in verse 33, he says, Even as I please all men and all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. So, Paul's saying, I don't want to, I don't want to offend other people. I don't want to give offense to the Jew, the Gentile, or the church of God. I'm gonna, if, if there's something I can do that will please these people, that's not, you know, going against the Word of God, I'll do that because I'm in the business, he's saying I'm in the business of getting people saved. And so you know what? I, even as I please all men in all things. Did this mean Paul was preaching one, you know, uh, Joel Osteen type message, you know, that won't offend anybody? Is that what he's saying? Hey, you know, we got it, we got a sugarcoat message. We got to make sure that nothing we say is offensive to anybody. Is that what he's saying? No, that's not what he's saying, even as I please all men. He's talking about something very specific here, and he specifically mentions Things that he eats. And nobody talks about that when they take these verses like that out of context. Whether it's the trendies and the liberals when they use verse 33 <clears throat> to make it like, you know, we got to make sure we're not offending people or we please everybody. Whether it's, you know, the dispensationalists and the way that they are taking this verse to prove dispensationalism. Nobody brings up the fact that this is talking about what we eat. So it's important that we understand the context of these things and if, if we are offending other cultures by doing things that we just don't need to do, not things that we were commanded to do, things that we don't need to do, then it can hurt our ability to get them saved. If I'm in a heavily Jewish neighborhood or a heavily Muslim neighborhood, I don't need to be eating a bacon sandwich while I'm out soul winning. I'm just going to offend these people by that. And I'm not commanded to eat a bacon sandwich. I'm not, I'm not commanded to do that. Now, I can, if I want to do that, that's fine. You know, if I'm a missionary in a Muslim country surrounded by Muslim people, you know, is that, should I just throw bacon out of my diet? Well, you know, if I can find a way to get bacon and eat it where they don't know about it, that's fine, you know. Uh, I, I, you'll, you'll see, I'll talk more about that in a little bit. I'm not breaking any laws of God, but, you know, I don't need to do these things in front of them that's just going to offend them, something that's, you know, an abomination to them that I just don't need to do. I want to win these people to Christ and I don't want them to get offended by something that's just that's not necessary. Something that's no big deal. And this in no way though means we should ignore things that we have been commanded to do in order to not offend people. There's plenty of things that we do that we have been commanded to do that will offend people. That will make them uncomfortable. Many of the things we teach are going to offend people. They're going to make people uncomfortable. There's no way around that. But understand this, that when we preach something that's from the Bible, when we do something that's in obedience to the Scriptures, and we offend somebody, the truth is it's not us offending them. They're being offended by Christ. 
And Jesus Christ is an offense to many. We see that all over the Bible. Jesus Christ is that rock of offense. So if I'm preaching the truth, if I'm doing the truth, if I'm giving the gospel, if I go out and I tell somebody that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, all other religions will send you to hell, that will probably offend some people. But they're not being offended by me. They're being offended by Christ. But if I'm eating bacon in front of a Jew, that's not Christ offending them. That's me offending them. And so we need to make, we don't, don't let these ecumenicalists and some of these goofballs out there use these verses to try to, you know, tell you, we got, we got to back off. You know, we got to watch how we say some things. We've got to preach the truth. We got to tell it like it is. But that's not us offending them. That's Jesus Christ offending them. And if he, they get offended by Christ, that's between them and him. That's their problem. That's not our problem. And so we will, we will always offend people with the gospel, but that's Christ offending them. I don't need to offend them with just something that's all about me, something that I do. If I'm out in Utah or Salt Lake City and I'm soul winning out there in Mormon territory, you know, I don't need to be walking around with a Mountain Dew. Amen. You know, that's uh, that. I don't need to do that. I, I'm just going to offend these people by that. You know, I can drink water while I'm out there. You know, it's, it's not it's not as fun, not as good. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do something that I know is gonna offend these people that I don't need to do. You know, and after you leave and go home, you go stop at the gas station and take care, take care of that. All right, when they're not around, but not when we're not when we're giving them the gospel. So, you know, if we offend people for being obedient to Christ, that's Christ offending them, not us. They'll they'll blame us. They'll talk about it like it's us, but it's not us. It's him. Jesus said, you know, if they hate you, you know, the world cannot hate you, but me they hate. We're not the ones they hate. It's Jesus Christ that they hate. So people who are offended by truth are offended by Christ, not by us. We're talking specifically here about things that we can do to offend people. And that's things like, you know, dietary stuff, you know, some cultural things that are just not a big deal in other places. But at the end, you know, I all things are lawful to me. I'm not bound by those things. When I'm in my house, I will eat bacon until my wife quits cooking it. You know, I mean, I will. I'm, I'm going to do those things, and it's not going to bother my conscience one bit. So this passage is not saying that all offenses are sins. When it says "give none offense," it's not. That's not telling us all offenses are sins, but there are some that are unprofitable, and. I'm not, you know, I don't know. You know, sometimes we can get that attitude of, yeah, I can do this. You know, I've seen this before, too. It's like, I, I always hate this when young couples, they get married, and then it's like the first thing they got to do. Yep, now we're all married. You know, mom and dad can't tell us what to do anymore. And the first thing they start doing is just breaking their rules, you know. The girl goes and she's dressing the way her parents never wanted her to do it before. And it's like they just throw it in their face. And it's like, you know, I, I hate that. You know, that, that's just being disrespectful. Yeah. You're not under their authority anymore. Great. All right. But you know, you got to go around flaunting it. That's not necessary. You're a jerk if you do that. Okay. And I'm a jerk if I'm going eating bacon in front of Jews. All right. I don't, I don't need to do that just showing off. Our religion's better because we got bacon and you don't. That, that's just, that's, I'm just being a jerk if I do that. And I'm being a jerk if I'm going out in Mormon territory drinking caffeine. I'm, I'm just trying to offend them. 
and, and then you're, you're a jerk. That's not going to be profitable. I'm going to have a harder time winning these people. So, you know, we could, we could assume and have conversations about a lot of different things about whether or not, you know, they fit this category of, you know, what's offensive, not offensive. But what's specifically mentioned in this passage, what's specifically been being talked about is things we eat. He talks specifically about eating things that have been sacrificed to idols. Okay, we know an idol is nothing, but that can be very offensive to somebody who's from an idolatrous background. So we ought to watch out for that. So this passage is it's about what we eat. It's not about dispensationalism. Okay? It's about being offensive with our liberty that we have in Christ, specifically on things that we eat. And and we don't have to and thankfully, you know, in Rock Falls, we don't really have to worry about this stuff. You know, people aren't gonna you know you can go pretty much any restaurant, eat whatever you want, you're not going to offend anybody. We, we don't have to worry about that. But there are things I think that do apply to us. You know, there's many things that we, you know, that we still eat that would be, you know, that would offend a lot of cultures. But, you know, what we eat or don't eat, it's not important. It's, just, it's not important. So we should be willing, if necessary, to alter our diet if it'll help get people saved. Look what it says in Romans chapter 14, verse 15. Go ahead and turn over there. Romans 14 and verse 15. I've got to alter my diet? You know, why do I have to make such sacrifices? I thought Jesus made the sacrifice when he died for our sins, you know? Why do I have to make a sacrifice too? You're, you know, you're pretty pathetic if you can't handle that, alright? If you can't just alter your diet a little bit, you know, go a couple hours without caffeine or anything like that. Look what it says in Romans 14, verse 15. Brother Adam, I'm not preaching at you tonight on that. I'm just as guilty as anybody. All right, you know, I, I, we we all like to, we all like to look at him on that, but you know, probably <laughs> should. Yeah, maybe maybe me and you need to work on that together. We'll accountability partners, but this is how it works. I won't tell if you don't tell. All right, but <laughs> verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Hey, you, yeah, you can eat that meat. You're not, you're not violating any biblical commands. But you know what? Do we want to destroy him for meat for whom Christ died? And uh, verse 16, Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. You know, I wish somebody would tell this to the Robert Tiltons and these prosperity preachers that are always just telling you how you can be rich and how you can have money and how you can have abundance and be blessed. Hey, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not about what we can get. It's not about what we can accumulate for ourselves. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with that. But it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is it he that condemneth not himself, and that thing which he alloweth, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Some great lessons right here. First of all, what he's saying there, when he says, Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself. Alright, what that means is, you know what? I have faith that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law for me. 
Jesus Christ did all those ceremonial things. Jesus Christ did all the dietary things. Jesus never ate ham or bacon. Jesus never ate you know shrimp and things like that. And you know what? He fulfilled all those things. I have faith that those things are not necessary for my salvation. I can eat those things and not be defense. I have faith. Well, you know what? I should have it to myself. So when I'm at home behind closed doors, bring on the bacon. But if I've got, if I'm going to be out there where I could be offending people, I'm not. I, I, I don't need to do that. I need to be charitable. And so I have faith. I can do that. But let's just say, you know, we've got, you know, Hakeem Elijah Wan, you know, some, uh, you know, Muslim guy comes to church and gets saved. Okay, he's one well, Muslim. You know, something like that. Is that that's just African? That's not Muslim, is it? Uh, his name popped in my head. It sounded Muslim. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right, guys like that. You now they they get saved. They get converted to Christianity. It might be a while before they have the liberty in Christ like we do. They still it would hurt their conscience to eat the bacon. And if they are not sure, if they are not convinced that it is okay. With God for them to do that, they shouldn't do it. If they're not doing it in faith, they shouldn't do it. Why? Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So I'm eating these things by faith saying I'm good. I work. I can work on a Sabbath day. I can work on Saturday. And I'm convinced that God's okay with that. I'm convinced Jesus Christ is my Sabbath. I don't need to keep the Sabbath. I, I, my conscience is not defiled in any way. I have that liberty in Christ. But you know what? There may be some. They're not sure. They don't have that liberty in Christ. And so you know what? Until they get it figured out, until they're fully persuaded in their own mind, they shouldn't do it. Until they are doing it of faith, and whatsoever is not of faith is sin, and that person who eats and they're not convinced, the Bible says they're damned if they do. So we need to understand that we don't, you know, we don't need to be too quick to go shoving the bacon down their throats. We don't need to be too quick to be pulling the burqa off the Muslim lady's head, you know, or the, you know, bonnet or whatever the Amish lady wears. We don't need to be too quick to do that stuff. We need to let them grow a little bit, let their faith increase so they can have liberty in Christ. And in the meantime, you know, we, we're not, we're not going to try, we don't want to be offending these people. So that's what it's talking about there in Romans. And he's here in Romans specifically talking about things that we eat. And it's true that what we eat or do not eat, it is not important to God, but winning people to Christ is. And so it would not be profitable for us to flaunt our liberty around some people in certain cultures. So we don't we don't need it. We don't need to be, we're not going to go yanking burkas off Muslim women. You know, we're not going to tell them to do those things as soon as they get saved. If some Amish guy from here in town gets saved, you know, we're not going to hand him a razor and say, "Go shave your beard right now." You got liberty in Christ. You're going to do that. You know, he might not want to do that yet. He he might feel defiled in shaving his beard. Okay? We'll let him have his beard as long as he wants. You know, we don't need to go put makeup on the Amish lady. You know, at, you know, until she has that liberty in Christ, you know, let her keep looking like she's from the 1800s or 19, whatever. You know, just don't don't push them. Let them get convinced. Let them have liberty in Christ. And so, look at verse uh, 23 of First Corinthians chapter, or um, I'm sorry, or, or verse 23 of chapter 14. So it says, you know, he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because 
Uh, he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So we everything we should do, okay? And most of us are not from backgrounds that had a lot of these weird ceremonial things. But you know, a lot of times people have some holdovers. They bring they bring some hold you know holdovers with them. If you're from a Catholic background, you're probably going to st- struggle more with statues and figurines and things like that than somebody who never bowed down to an idol in their life. You know, some people, they don't even give it a second thought. They don't care. Some people are freaked out by it. Well, you know, if you spent years of your life praying to those things, you know, it would probably, it would, it would probably hurt you. And so you need to, uh, you know, you need, you need to make sure you get that stuff figured out. And those of us who have maybe more liberty, we don't need to be pushing people because whatever they do, it needs to be a faith. And we need to understand it's, it's important as Christians, our job, our, our mission that we have been given by God is you know, we're trying to get people saved. Look what it says in verse 24. It says, uh, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Okay? Let's have an attitude of thinking about other people. You know, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. That's how I need to be living my life. I need to be thinking about, hey, what do I, how does, how do my actions, how are they perceived by other people? You know, what kind of testimony do I have? You know, I need to abstain from all appearance of evil. I don't want to even appear to be doing evil to my neighbor because I don't want to offend them. I don't want to offend people that I'm trying to win to Christ. I want to be a light. I don't want to hide my lamp under a bushel. I, I, I want to. I want to make sure people see my good works and they'll glorify my Father, which is in heaven. That's my desire. I'm living my life for other people. That's all, that should be our mindset. I'm thinking about others. I can't just do whatever I, you know, whatever I feel like doing. You know, all things are lawful. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says I have to comb my hair. I see where I shouldn't have long hair. I don't see where you know it tells me I got to you know take care of my beard, trim up my beard. You know, I don't see where it says in the Bible you got to brush your teeth, put on deodorant, things like that. But you know what? I don't, if I'm going around, and I'm just looking like a disgusting slob. You think people are going to want to listen to me? Now, I mean, t- tell me if I'm wrong. You know, where we see in the Bible, we can't. You know, we have to look nice. You know, and comb our hair, things like that. But you know, I think that would probably be offensive. I mean, it's it's offensive when people stink. You know, I, I don't like it. And it's not going to help if I go knock on somebody's door to tell them about Jesus and they're, they got to keep backing off trying to get away from my B.O. They're not going to want to listen to that guy. So I need to think about these things. Think about other people when you go out. I wish some people would think about other people when they go out to eat. They put on some deodorant. I don't want to smell people when I'm out, when I'm out trying to eat. That's, that's, just, that's not considerate. And we need to think about other people. I wish some of these ladies would think about other people when they're going out in public in their pajamas and sweatshirt, you know, dress up a little bit. Do something with yourself. You know, I wish guys would think about some other people, take other people into consideration when they're wearing their skinny jeans and dressing like a weirdo and things like that. You know, nobody wants to see that. You know, nobody, nobody wants to, see, you know, put on some clothes, people. In the summer, put on some clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Think about what everybody else has had to look at. I wish our neighbor would take into consideration in the summertime when he's out working in his car all the time that, you know, nobody wants to see what's below his waist. 
And he's showing it to the world all the time. And it's just, it's disgusting. And there's a kid that rides his bike around town, convinces his son, who does the exact same thing. Big chubby kid, never wears a shirt, and his backside always showing. Think about other people, all right? Now, that's not lawful to go showing your backside, all right? That's not, that's not lawful. But even if it was, all right, take into consideration that other people don't want to see that. But we have this, uh, I can do that, you know, it's lawful for me. I'll do whatever I want to do. No, think about other people. Don't just think about yourself. You know, let no, uh, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Look at verse 25. It says, Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no question for conscience. Like a shambles is like, like a meat market. And he said, he's telling them, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. I've often wondered, does that mean I need to eat lasagna when I go places and that's set before me? I'll take a lot of faith to, to eat that. And I, I've, I've been in that situation many times. But uh, verse 28, But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judge of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? So right here what he's saying here, he's telling us that the things we do, we need to take into consideration the conscience, not our own, but the other's. We need to think about how it's going to be perceived as them. We're we're thinking about them. And so if they go, he said, when you go to the shambles, you get the meat, just don't ask any questions. I I live by this when it comes to food. What I don't know won't hurt me. I I, I live by that. That's why I don't often ask what's in the ingredients in food, if it tastes good. Because a lot of times, I'm mental with that stuff. When I find out something that I don't like, I freak out. And and all of a sudden, I get sick to my stomach. And I don't don't want it anymore. Don't tell me. If there's something in there that defiles it, you know. But at the same time, what he's saying here, he's saying don't ask because that way if you do eat it, you know, you can be like, well, I didn't know. When they tell you, you know, that was sacrificed to idols. You know, I didn't know. But if they tell you that, he said, now you can't eat it. Not because it's going to hurt your conscience. We've got liberty, but you're going to send the wrong message to him. To them, him, that idol is something. That meat is sacred because it was sacrificed to idols and you will end up hurting him. You're going to be sending a message to him that what he is doing, his idolatry, is acceptable. So he's telling you, so now, now you can't eat it. So just don't ask. You know, don't ask and hopefully they won't tell. And then, and then you're fine. But if they do, yep, back off. Don't hurt them. Don't destroy them for meat. It's like, man, but it's a T-bone. Yeah, but it was sacrificed to idols. And to them, that means something. So you need to reject it as a testimony. We're trying to win these people over. We can't act like their idolatry is acceptable. We need, we need to... Uh, and you know what? That, that might offend them if you reject it. But then who's that offending them now? That's Christ offending them, not you. 
me stuffing my face with it just because I like steak that much or whatever it is, okay, that's now me offending them, not Jesus Christ. So there's a huge difference. And so where, when he says, for if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? Okay, because we see too that what we eat is said in the Bible, you know, it's sanctified by prayer. Pray, pray for our food. It's now sanctified. It's all good. Why am I being spoken evil of? I'm by I'm by grace partaking of that. Well, you're being evil spoken of because not because of what you're eating, but because you're hurting their conscience. And so now we've create now you've created a problem for yourself. It's going to be harder to win that person to Christ. So we should not give offense. Simply because we are in the business of getting people saved. So verse 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God, give none offense, neither to the Jews. What does that mean? Stay away from the bacon. Nor to the Gentiles, don't eat the stuff sacrificed to idols, or to the church, nor to the church of God. What could that be talking about too? Well, you know what? You might be, if you're eating stuff sacrificed to idols, you might be offending a new convert that's out of idolatry. If you're eating the bacon, you might be offending the new convert out of Judaism that doesn't have the liberty yet. And so we don't want, we don't want to offend those people. We don't want to offend any of them. We don't want to offend Jews. We don't want to offend Gentiles. We don't want to offend the church of God. And so, do you see how foolish it is to take that verse? And go old dispensationalism with it? This is talking about very, something very specific. It's talking about food. And then, even as I please all men and all things, what am I pleasing them in? In my message? Or in what I eat or what I don't eat? Even as I please all men and all things, not seeking mine own profit, I profit if I'm eating the steak. Even if it's sacrificed not, I'm profiting from that. I'm getting a good meal out of it. But I'm not seeking my own profit. I'm seeking the profit of many that they may be saved. That's what he's talking about. That's what the, the context here. And so just you know, more evidence that this is not talking, or this does not prove dispensationalism. Okay, he mentions the three groups, the Jews, the Gentiles, the Church of God. Let's look at another passage where we see the Jews, the Gentiles, and the Church of God mentioned. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's interesting because this is also in Corinthians. Same book, 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 21, it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Okay? To save them that believe. It pleased God by that to save them that believe. Now, who are believers? The believers of the church of God, right? Is that what we are? Okay, do we, do we ever talk about or are we worried about whether you guys are Jews or Gentiles or anything? We don't worry about that. You know what? We worry about, are you of Christ? I've determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Okay, if you are in Christ, you're part of the church of God. Okay, so, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but them which are called both Jews and Greeks. What would that group be? Them that are called both Jews and Greeks. Those are the saved, right? Those are those who believe, right? Who are they? They are the church of God. The church of God is made up of Jews and Gentiles, correct? 
And there, and so, and, and in Christ, in the church of God, there is neither Jew nor Greek, is there? There is none in Christ. And so Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So notice in this passage, all three groups are there, right? Are, are, are there together, correct? And what do we see there? Paul said, yeah, well, the Jews, they got this one rule. They require a sign. And you've got a goofball dispensationalist acting like that still applies in the day. Well, you know, they need a sign. Uh, the rapture is going to be their sign, and that's where they get saved. Nope, they got their sign, the sign of Jonah, when Jesus was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. When he rose from the dead, that was their sign. They rejected it. They missed it. The Greeks seek after wisdom. So right here, Paul's saying, Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. What did he say we do? But we preach Christ crucified. And what did he say before? That's foolishness. God chose the foolishness of preaching. And what and who what do they use the foolishness of preaching on? On everybody, on Jews and Gentiles. Foolishness the, the foolishness of preaching to Jew and Gentile. Nothing different. We're going to preach the same gospel the same way to every group. Jews and Gentiles, and then those who believe, they're the church of God. And so where do when you see that, once again, I mean, I know I clearly hate dispensationalism, all right? There's no doubt I hate that. You all know that. You know how I feel about it, you know? But am I being extreme? Am I being overzealous about this? When I say to take that verse, give no offense to the Jew, the Gentile, the church of God, and to say, you know, you know, and to say that proves dispensationalism, if I'm saying that is just beyond stupidity, am I, am I being too extreme here? I mean, and, but why do people say that? Once again, they've just heard it repeated over and over again. They've all been taught at the Bible colleges. And I'm telling you, I, just, I am disgusted by the disservice that the modern Bible colleges have done on the preachers that they've sent out the little doctrine they know, to think that hundreds and hundreds of preachers are walking out of Bible colleges and they're taking that verse and using it in that way, that is beyond foolish. You have to, you have to teach that kind of ignorance. Nobody comes, nobody accidentally reads that and comes up with that. You have to be taught to be that stupid. I'm sorry. But you all just saw the context. We read the whole chapter. We went through, we look at the context of everything, and it just shows how ridiculous that is to interpret the Bible that way, to interpret the way they do, and we're like, how can you get away with doing that? 1 Corinthians 10.32. And then, and then for them to drop the mic on you over that. You, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. And I'm supposed to listen to you? I'm sorry. Don't feel bad when I don't. Don't feel bad when I when I call you out on it because that that's ignorance. That is that is ignorance. It didn't happen. It was taught, and it's a sad thing. We need to remember we are in the business of getting people saved, and so we just can't get caught up in our own little world, not caring about what we do and how it affects other people. What we do affects other people. How we act, how we carry ourselves, the things we say, there's things we can say that are, that are lawful, but you know what, if we're not careful, they're offensive. You know, do we need to say those things? I'm not talking about things we were commanded to say. 
Hey, well, you can't tell people that, you know, if you don't get saved, go to hell, because hell is a cuss word. We gotta tell them about hell. Alright? How do you tell them the good news if they don't know what the bad news is? You know, the bad news is you're on your way to hell. You know, and so, you know, we, we have to tell them that. And if they get offended, it's Christ that offended them, not us. If I'm stuffing my face with whatever I want just because I can, that's me being offensive. And I don't need to do that. I'm gonna take other people's, you know, thoughts, their things, whatever, their, their culture, I'm going to take those things into consideration because I love those people and I want to win them to Christ. And that's what this chapter is all about. That's what give none offense means. And let's practice that in our lives so we can see more people saved. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. We thank You for saving us. I pray, Lord, You'll help us to get serious about this business of getting saved. I pray that we will uh, we'll think about what we do, how we act, what we do, whatever it is, Lord, that we will not be offensive to other people, that we will not... Uh, use our liberty in a way that will be offensive to other people, but will be willing to do without some things that may be pleasurable to us in order to see people saved. And I pray you'll bless our efforts in that. In your name we pray. Amen.